It's March 8, Monday evening in the Pat Price Tech Talk training room. I'm Larry Gassman, co-chair of Tech Talk and Accessible World. And this is one of the most often asked questions that we get that almost anybody in assistive technology gets over the course of even a week. It's my computer has stopped talking. What do I do? And not long ago, Debbie Armstrong, who is an assistive technology trainer, etc., and and helps people who run into that problem and others, did a call on uh, on ACB Radio and discussed that very thing for about an hour and a half. First of all, welcome Debbie Armstrong to Tech Talk. She's been here many, many, many times in the past, but uh, this is the first time in a little while that she's actually done a presentation, and I think you're going to enjoy it. So let's listen to Debbie Armstrong. Good evening, Tech Talk audience. My name is Debbie Armstrong. I'm a tech at a community college. My job involves preparing textbooks for students with print impairments and also assisting them with any computer problems they encounter. I work mostly with students with disabilities, but I work with a wide variety of disabilities. Before I start this presentation, what to do when your computer stops talking, I'd like to apologize for the audio quality of my microphone. I had trouble with my favorite mic through part of this, so I ended up having to use a gaming headset. And you'll know when I'm using that gaming headset because it does a lot of popping and crackling. And no, I'm not eating Rice Krispies, I'm not tapping on my microphone, and I'm certainly not pounding on my keyboard. The microphone itself had a lot of artifacts. Every time I move my jaw, the gaming headset would vibrate, and so it sounds exactly like snap, crackle, and pop. However, through most of this presentation, I was able to get my favorite mic working, so you'll only have to put up with the gaming headset for a little bit. All right, what I'm going to do tonight is not so much talk about what to do when your computer stops talking, but how to prepare so that when your computer does stop talking, you'll be all ready to try out a variety of solutions. So we're now going to move on to the part of the presentation where I got stuck with the gaming headset. It will not last forever. I will be completely understandable. It's just a little annoying to hear all these extra artifacts. All right, what we're going to do tonight is divide the talk into three parts. We're going to talk about the reasons your computer stops talking. We're going to talk about preparing and making sure your computer is ready in case that happens. And then we'll talk about the eventuality when your computer really does stop talking. So we're going to start with the six reasons that your voice may stop. The first reason is that your screen reader may have died. This happens. The rest of the computer is working fine, but the screen reader has gone bye-bye. The second reason your computer may stop talking is that the screen reader is focused on something that is unable to read, such as a splash screen. So when you install a new application, or sometimes if you have an advertisement or a welcome screen, a splash screen, which is a giant picture, will appear. It will cover the whole screen, and your computer will display it, but your screen reader won't have anything to say because it's all graphics. When that happens, it may stop talking. You can always find out if it's a splash screen by all tabbing away from it and seeing if other applications talk. Now, the third reason is that something else may be making your computer slow. My favorite example of this is an application called FaxStorm. I had never heard of this application, but in our computer lab, we had a situation where the students were discovering that their speech was sluggish or stuttering or just very, very slow. It was happening even for our learning disabled students who use a totally different application for reading. 
I discovered that one of the students had installed a web app called FaxStorm. What was happening is he was looking for work and he had to fax his resume to an employer. Well, FaxStorm was what he found on the web to do it and he installed it. And after that, the computer got really, really slow and didn't work very well. Uh, he was able to fax his resume fine, but after that, FaxStorm got itself into an endless loop where it was searching for incoming faxes. And in doing so, it was taking up all the processor time. Every once in a while, the screen reader would get a word in edgewise and be able to say a couple of things. But most of the time, it was just trying to squeeze a little bit of time in between processing while FaxStorm was busy waiting for the fax that never arrived. The fourth reason your computer may stop talking is just that it crashed. Computers do crash, it happens, and that means that your mouse freezes, your screen freezes, your screen reader is not talking. I remember doing tech support and saying to a customer, sir, your computer is frozen like a snow cone. The fifth reason your computer may stop talking is that the sound card is muted. These modern new computers have a little touch strip. It's above the function keys usually, and it's like the touch screen on your phone, except it doesn't speak. So when you touch it, it does something. Many times you can accidentally touch the mute button on the touch strip and mute your sound card and not even know it. Another thing that can mute your sound card is an application bug. I know there was an early bug in Zoom where you could easily mute your sound card. The last reason your computer may stop talking is that it's talking all right, but somehow the volume got turned down. This is true with the touch strips as well. You could accidentally hit one of the buttons on the touch strip and drop the volume to the point where you can't hear the screen reader. You can brush your elbow against a hardware button. I'm wearing a headset today and I was adjusting my hair and I accidentally hit the button on my headset that turned the volume down. So it's really easy for that to happen. I have eight steps to prepare your computer for the possibility that one day it may stop talking. These preparation steps will make sure you're ready and that you know how to cope. You're not going to be able to do them all unless you're very technical, but the idea is to give you sort of a roadmap, and you can always ask someone who's more technical to assist you. This is being podcasted, and so what that means is you'll have that information even after I stop talking to you today. When I do a demonstration, I also want to let you know that when I press the key, I will tell you what key I'm pressing except for the tab key. I'm not going to bother to say I'm pressing tab. So if I don't tell you what I'm pressing, it means I am pressing the tab key. Okay, step one of our eight steps is to clean up your desktop. Let me tell you why. If you have too much stuff on your desktop, it can be very difficult to find what you need when you need it. For example, the shortcut to run your screen reader. So if you don't have any speech and you're trying to find it, if you use magnification or you're just, you know, doing sort of search and sock, you're just kind of guessing what key to hit. If there's too much on your desktop, you're going to be running other programs or launching other tasks instead of running your screen reader. The other reason is if you have sighted help and your desktop is so full, they won't be able to find your screen reader in order to launch it. So keep your desktop clean and it'll be much easier to deal with on that day nothing is talking to you. Well, the first thing we want to do is clean up this desktop. Check it out. Home. This PC. Checked. One. Media Player Classic. Checked. 8 of 32. VLC Media Player. Checked. 15 of 32. DeAnza Library Abbey Collection. Checked. 22 of 32. I have 32 items on my desktop. That is way too many. So I want to keep all this stuff. So what I'm going to do is create a shortcuts folder. And to do this, I'm going to do Control-Shift-N. N is a new. Control-Shift-N. Edit. New folder. And I'm going to call the folder shortcuts. S-A-O-R-T-C-U-T-S. I'm going to press enter. Enter. Folder view list view. Shortcuts checked. 33 of 33. Now I'm focused on shortcuts. I'm going to press enter. 
enter c colon backslash users backslash armstrong backslash desktop backslash shortcuts items view list box so the shortcuts folder is under my desktop folder and it's ready to accept, well, shortcut because I'm going to start copying and pasting shortcut into it. Let's talk a little about the difference between Windows M, M as in mom, and Windows D, D as in dad. If you do Windows M, Windows M, you minimize M for minimize. Desktop folder view list view, shortcuts checked, 33 of 33. All windows are minimized, M for minimize. And that means that the only window that's visible on your screen is your desktop. But if you do Windows D, D isn't dad. Windows D. You toggle between shortcuts checked 33 of 33. Your shortcuts folder or whatever your active application is and your desktop. So each time you hit Windows D, Windows D, you move between those two things. Um, so what I'm going to do here is start moving stuff off of my desktop. Inbox checked. My shortcuts folder. I'm going to keep my inbox on my desktop. Microsoft Teams checked. 27 but I don't need Microsoft Teams because I don't use it that often. So now that I'm focused on it, I'm going to do Troll X for cut. Cut. And now I'm going to do Windows D so I can go back to my shortcuts folder. Windows D. C colon backslash users backslash Armstrong backslash desktop backslash shortcuts. Items view list box. And I'm going to do Control V for paste to put it in there. Pasted. Items view multi-select list box. Microsoft Teams not checked. 1 slash 20 slash 2000. Okay, let's move one other thing into my shortcut folder. Back to the desktop. Windows M. Desktop. Folder view list view. Not selected this PC. Recycle bin checked. Braille blaster checked. 3 of 32. All right, let's move Braille blaster. Control X for cut. Cut. Windows D to go back to my shortcuts folder. Or you can also do Alt-Tab. Start button. Whoops. C colon backslash. And we are in my shortcuts folder, and we're going to do Control V. Braille Blaster. Let's do one more. Back to the desktop. Windows M. Desk. Media Player Classic checked. 7 oh, of 30. I don't even want that one. I can press a lead on that. Delete shortcut dialog. Are no button. Yes button. And enter. I'm going to do yes. VLC Media Player checked. Deanza Library. Skype checked. 27 of 30. Oh, there's a really good reason to get rid of Skype because Skype begins with S and shortcut begins with S. So I want to be able to press S and go directly to shortcut. So I'm going to do Control X for cut. Cut. And then I'm going to Alt-Tab over to my shortcut folder. C code on backslash users backslash armstrong backslash desktop backslash shortcuts and i'm gonna paste control v skype is in there so now let's see what's in our shortcuts folder i'm gonna go home to go to the top home. of the list microsoft teams check that was the first one of three. thing i put in braille blaster that was the second thing i put in skype check. that was the third thing i put in so now we have three things and i'm beginning to clean up my desktop you should do this with your desktop too so that you only have what you really need there especially if your speech isn't working all right, let's move on to step two. Of course, my desktop is still kind of a mess. Windows M. Leaving menus. Desktop. Folder view. List view. Inbox checked. 23 of 28. But the idea here is just to show you all these different steps and then you can take your time doing them at your leisure. My goal now is to make sure nothing else begins with J except JAWS. So when I hit J. J. Jar checked. 27 of 28. Oh, I have JART here. JART is a word processor that comes Kind of has a cult following um, and it's easier to use than word and i really like jart let's hit j again j jaws two zero two one two one zero two three four check okay Five here's jaws let's hit j again j jar checked okay so if i were to do windows m and j and i didn't have any speech i might accidentally call up jart instead of jaws
Well, that's a problem. So we got to rename JART. So I'm going to go to JART. J, JAWS 2021, J, JARTEC 27 of 28. I'm going to press F2 to rename it. F2, edit, JART. I'm going to rename it to my JART. M, Y, space, J, A, R, T. You can rename it to anything you want. Press Enter. Enter, folder view, list view, my JARTEC 27 of 28. Okay, now let's do J again. J, JAWS 20. There's JAWS. J. And there's no other thing beginning with J. Let's do M. M. My jar checked. M. And there's nothing else beginning with M. It's nice if everything on your desktop has a unique letter, because if you're trying to access it without speech, you'll really appreciate that. Okay, so we're going to go to our downloads directory. C colon backslash users backslash armstring backslash downloads. And we're going to find NVDA. John underline 2020.4.x3 slash 4 slash 2021 colon 27am. And we are going to press enter on it, and it will install. Enter dialog. Please wait when setup is loading dot dot dot. Please wait when setup is loading dot dot dot. Okay, step four. We're going to install a portable version of NVDA. So we're now running NVDA. We're going to go to the NVDA menu. NVDA menu. We're going to pick tools. View log V. By pressing T, we went to the NVDA menu by pressing insert N or caps lock N. When it says view log, we are at the tools menu. We're going to down arrow. Speech viewer S. Braille viewer B. Python console P. Manage edos. Create portable copy C. And we're going to create a portable copy. We're going to press enter. Create portable NVDA dialog to create a portable copy of NVDA. Please select the path and other options and then press continue. Portable directory. Group. Portable directory. Edit all D blank. And we can type in a directory name here browse or we can Button. do browse and find a directory i am going to create this on my Portable flash directory. drive edit all d blank so i'm going to type d, d colon backslash make sure you type the backslash browse copy current user configuration checkbox not checked all you and since i do want the voice i'm using to be on that nvga on my flash drive i'm going to press the checkbox here space start the new portable copy after creation checkbox not checked alt s and i don't want to do that continue button alt c and when i press continue it's going to start installing nvda onto my flash drive browse copy start and continue button alt c left bracket Creating portable copy dialog. Please wait while a portable copy of NVDA is created. If you're moving this over to a portable drive, it can take a really, really long time as it has to copy each individual small file from your PC over to the hard as it has to copy each individual small file from your PC over to the flash drive. I like to create my portable copy on my PC and then move it over to a flash drive. I find that faster. So I often create a folder called NVDA Portable. And then I go into this utility and choose NVDA Portable as my directory. And the process goes a lot faster. All right, well, that's a lot of synthesizer stuff, so let's take a quick review of the steps we've already taken to prepare our PC for the eventuality that we may not have speech. Uh, the first thing we did was we cleaned up our desktop. We created a shortcuts folder. We put everything in there. We also looked at the differences between Windows M and Windows D. We confirmed that nothing else on our desktop started with the letters that we need to run our screen readers, J for JAWS and N for NVDA. 
If you don't have NVDA installed, step three got us installing NVDA on our hard drive, and step four got us installing a portable copy of NVDA. We're now going to move on to step five, which is to set up some audio themes in Windows so that even if our synthesizer isn't talking, we'll know if our sound card is working. In step five, we're going to set up audio themes. So to do that, we're going to go to Control Panel. I'm going to hit Start. Leading menus. Search box edit. I'm going to type in Control. C-O-N-T-R-O-L Control panel at Press right to switch preview Control panel Press right enter. to switch enter Control panel backslash all control panel items Administrative tools link Administrative tools sound. link S security and S sound link I'm going to press enter here Enter Sound dialog Playback page Select a playback device Okay, I'm going to hit the right arrow to move through the tabs in this dialog Selected Recording page, sounds page. A sound theme is a set of sounds applied to events and windows and programs. You can select an existing scheme or save one you have modified. Sound scheme calling combo box to be 5 of 16. Okay, I've H. already created windows. a sound scheme, but if my name had not been here, it would have said default. I'm going to show you how creating a sound scheme works. It doesn't matter what name is in this dialog box because you're going to create your theme and then save it. So we tab over until we get to a list of events. Save is dot 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 delete button. Program advanced call in tree view. Windows opened. 35 items. Okay. One. Asterisk. One of 35. And now I'm hitting down arrow to go through these 35 events. Calendar reminder. Close program. Critical battery alarm. Critical stop. Default beep. Desktop mail notification. Device connect. Device disconnect. Device failed to connect. So we have items here, events, 35 of them that sounds can be attached to. For example, device disconnect, device connect. Device connect is one where it'd be nice to hear some sort of a noise when I connected my flash drive, I would know that Windows saw it. So let's see how we're going to attach a sound to it. We're going to type the tab key. Play Windows startup sound checkbox checked. Alt we'll plus worry P. about that later. Device connect. Pressing tab. Sounds calling combo box. Windows hardware insert dot watt. 46 of 71. And there Alt are plus 70 these sounds, 71, and there are 71 sounds. We can go through some of these sounds. Windows hardware remove dot watt. Windows information bar dot watt. Windows log off sound dot watt. Windows log on dot watt. Windows menu command dot watt. F Windows message nudge dot watt. Windows minimize dot watt. Windows navigation start dot watt. Windows notify calendar dot watt. Windows notify email dot watt. 56 of 71. Home, left paren, none, right paren. 1 of 71. Alarm 01 dot watt. Alarm 02. Two dot watt alarm zero three dot watt four of seventy one. These all have a WAV extension. Alarm zero four dot watt alarm zero five dot watt six of seventy one. Device connect. If we want to hear what a sound. Well, we're hearing them now because I turned them up. If we want to hear what a sound sounds like, all we have to do is tab over to test. Test button and Alt press space. Space. And let's go hear a few more sounds here. Sounds calling combo box. Alarm zero five dot watt. Six of seventy one. I just uh, press okay. I press the back tab here. Alarm zero six dot watt. Alarm zero seven dot watt. Alarm zero eight dot watt. Alarm zero nine dot watt. Ten what of seventy one. Alarm nine Device sound connect. like. Let's press tab and go over to test. Test button space. You get the idea. 
So there's a lot of sounds here. I'm going to go sounds, over to... Play Windows Startup Sound Program Events Call and Tree View Device Connect 8 of 35. So we have two columns here. We have the columns with the events. We're on Device Connect now. And then over to the right, after we tab past a few buttons, which are kind of in the wrong order, we have the list of sounds. And when we find the sound we want to connect with an event, we just leave it there. Then we tab back to the events. We arrow down to another event. We find it. We tab over to the sounds and we pick a sound. And we keep going back and forth and doing that. So I'm going to do that a couple of times just to show you how it works. All I'm going to be doing is back and forth tabbing and up and down arrowing. Play Windows Startup Sound Calling Combo Box Alarm Alarm 10 Chimes Dot Watt Card Dot Watt D Dot Watt Notify Dot Watt Recycle Dot Ring 01 Ring 0 Ring 0 Ring 0 Ring 0 5 Ring 0 6 Ring 0 Ring 0 8 Ring 0 9 Dot Ring 10 Dot Watt Ring Up Dot Watt Speech Disambiguation Dot Watt Speech Misrecog Speech Off Speech Hot Speech sleep dot watt tata dot watt 33 of 71 device connect Okay, let's see if we want ta-da to be part of our device connect. Let's tap over to test and see what it sounds like test button space Oh, I like that. So that's going to be my device connect sound, and I can tell that by back tabbing. Sounds calling combo box. Tata dot watt. The play window program advanced call and tree view. Device connect. 8 of 35. Device disconnect. Now I just downed arrow to device disconnect. I'm going to tab back over to the sounds, and I think I'm going to attach one of those alarms to it. Alt sound calling combo box. Windows hardware remove dot watt. 47 of 71. Alt plus S. Okay. Home left perennial alarm zero one dot watt alarm alarm zero three dot watt fourth test button space. Okay, and that's going to be my sound for removing, so I can make sure that's true. Sounds play window startup sound checkbox program advanced call and tree view device disconnect nine of thirty five. So when you are setting up a theme, you are not actually pressing space on anything but the test button, and you are not pressing enter on anything until you're done. All you're doing is tabbing between these two columns and arrowing. Okay, once you get it the way you like, you're going to save it. Save as dot 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 button space. Saves game as dialog. Save the sound scheme as colon edit alt plus s and here you're prompted to save it as a sound scheme i just back tab to save i press space on save and i can type in a name it has its own folder where it's going to go so i'm just going to call this uh experiment e x p i e t enter save as dot 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 button alt plus v and that becomes the default theme so that's how you set up a sound scheme and once you have these sound schemes going you'll have all kinds of sounds for all the window events that you see listed here uh, you'll notice that there was a checkbox uh, play Windows startup sound. You can check or uncheck it. I definitely think you should check it because it means that when Windows starts up, it will play some a little musical tone and it will let you know that Windows is running even if your speech is not. I would also say that if you don't want a sound attached to an event, the very first item in that list of sounds is none. So you can arrow up to none and pick that. Remember, when you are picking sounds, you don't need to press space. You don't need to press enter. You just need to arrow down to the one you want. When you are picking events, you again don't need to press space or enter. You just arrow down to the one you want. And what's happening is as you arrow, each item is getting focused, which means it's getting highlighted. It would be the same as a sighted person to click on it once in order to highlight it. So now we've completed step five and we have sounds attached to some of the Windows events. 
Okay, step six is to put some sort of sound on your desktop. I like to put a song on my desktop, a song that begins with a unique letter, at least unique to my desktop, so that if I don't have speech and I want to find out if my sound card is working, I can go to my desktop and press that letter and that sound will play. So I think I want to play Abracadabra, which NVDA pronounces Abracadabra. Abra C-A-Dubra MP3. Abra C-A-Dubra. But there's Abracadabra, and I'm going to go ahead and copy that to my desktop desktop list shortcuts checkbox checked I'm going to paste it on my desktop. A Abra C A Dubra and now it's on my desktop and when I press enter I can play it. that's how we put a sound or a song on our desktop and we could even go ahead and give it a shortcut key if we wanted okay we're down to our last two steps of what we have to do to make sure our computer is prepared for the day it will stop talking we're on step seven and what we want to do here is remove unnecessary start tasks so we're going to do windows i for settings 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 window search box find a setting edit blank and we're going to type in startup so we can find that under settings s t a r t u p and we have several results startup apps change advanced startup options change windows to go startup options startup startup apps and startup apps is actually what we want so we're going to press enter here startup search box find a setting edit blank now we're going to start tabbing list apps features not selected startup apps grouping sort by name button acro tray grouping acro tray toggle button pressed now here are all of the apps that start when your computer starts if you don't know what an app is you don't want to remove it you can always google around to find out what startup apps you may be able to disable if you disable an app it can make your computer start quicker and it can also fix a problem that might eventually prevent your computer from talking adobe gc invoker utility grouping adobe gc Invo adobe updater startup utility alexa grouping alps alpine pointing device driver grouping application file for jaws grouping bluetooth le services control program grouping i'm just pressing tab with each of these if i don't want one of them to run at startup i can press the space bar cisco webex meeting grouping cisco webex meeting toggle button not pressed now i don't need cisco webex so i'm going to go ahead and turn it off it's actually already turned off but we'll pretend it's on space pressed space not pressed and not pressed is the state you want Cortana grouping, Cortana toggle button not pressed, Dropbox grouping, Dropbox toggle button not pressed, EADASA grouping, EADASA toggle button not pressed, HD audio background process grouping, HD audio background process toggle button, HD audio background pro install shield grouping, install shield toggle button pressed. So you can see there's a whole lot of stuff that's running at startup on my computer. This is my work computer and I actually need a lot of this stuff, but on your home computer you may not need all this stuff. I would advise if you turn things off to turn one thing off at a time. So turn it off, boot your computer up again, make sure it works correctly before you turn something else off. Don't go in there and turn them all off and then wonder what's going on with your computer. Turn one off, play with it for a while, then turn another one off, play with it for a while. You may decide you don't want to do this at all and that's fine, but disabling startup tasks can really make your computer run faster and it can also keep things from interfering with your screen reader.
All right, we're at our last step. And what we're going to do is time how long it takes our computer to boot. And we're using my work computer because if we were waiting for my home computer, we'd use up the entire session waiting. So I'm going to push the power button, and now I'm going to count. One Mississippi, two Mississippi, three Mississippi, four Mississippi, five Mississippi, six Mississippi, seven Mississippi, eight Mississippi, nine Mississippi, ten Mississippi, eleven Mississippi, twelve Mississippi, 13 Mississippi, 14 Mississippi, 15 Mississippi, okay, so 15, 16 Mississippi, 17 Mississippi, 18 Mississippi, 19 Mississippi, 20 Mississippi, 21, so 15 is when I heard my sound, 21 is when I get prompted to type in my password, now let me type it in, and we'll count again. One Mississippi, two Mississippi, three Mississippi, four Mississippi, five Mississippi, six Mississippi, seven Mississippi, eight Mississippi, nine Mississippi, ten Mississippi, eleven Mississippi, twelve Mississippi, thirteen Mississippi, fourteen Mississippi, fifteen Mississippi, sixteen Mississippi, seventeen Mississippi, eighteen Mississippi. 19 Mississippi, 20 Mississippi. So, so we've discovered we need to wait 15 Mississippis for JAWS. And we're going to switch to my better microphone now to continue this discussion. So those first 15 is when it's booting up. Um, but we really have to wait a little longer to get our password entered. Once we enter our password, we've got really 21 more Mississippis before everything is booted to the point we can use our computer. And we might want to wait 25 Mississippis just to be sure. If you interrupt background tasks and you start using your computer too soon, you can also mess things up. The other thing I'd like to point out is this exercise may seem really silly to you, but in fact... Our sense of time gets really distorted if we're nervous or worried. It's like a watching pot never boils. If you're sitting in front of your computer thinking, oh my gosh, it's not working, it's not working, you may have a distorted sense of time. So understanding how long it normally takes and really useful for your future. So we've completed our eight steps of preparing our computer. Now let's talk quickly, because we're going to run out of time, about the four steps we can take if we do have sighted people around. Uh, step one is keep your digital recorder handy. That might be your Victor Reader stream. It might be an Olympus digital recorder. It could be an old microcassette recorder. Have something next to your computer. When a sighted person is available to describe something to you, make sure you record that description. It may be helpful later. For example, when I was installing some new software, a sighted person told me that there was a beautiful picture of a forest that appeared on my screen. So later, when my computer stopped talking, I realized that probably there was nothing for it to read, and I pressed enter to get past the forest and get into the real program that I needed to use. Um, step number two, um, boot up and have your sighted person describe while you record everything that they see on screen as it is booting. There might be an error message that appears. There might be just normal behavior, but it's nice to know what's on your screen before your computer finishes booting. Um, there may be something you need to fix, but more likely it's just kind of having a familiarity with that machine is very good. Step three, generate an error message on purpose and ask a sighted person to describe it again while you're recording. You can do something as simple as type Windows R and type in an invalid file name. Actually, I can go ahead and do that right now. Windows R, run dialog, type the name of the program, comma, folder, comma, dot, comma, or internet resource, comma, and Windows will open the theory, open, colon, and combo, F, colon, colon. 
If L pole location is not available, dial off. L pole backslash is unavailable, period. If the location is on this easy comma, make sure the device arrived connected or the distance is comma and then drive that period. If the location is on the network comma, make sure the apostrophe connected to the network or internet comma and then drive that period. If the location is still in apostrophe comma, it might have been moved or delete period. Okay, but... Uh, now, I deliberately had that message go by pretty fast because it isn't that important. We just generated it so we'd have an error message. But your task, especially if you have cited help that is not very sophisticated, is to ask them to come over to your computer and read that error message. Tell them you're practicing for the day your computer may not work. Are they reading the entire message? Many times sighted people skip over important information when they're reading to you. Now is the time to teach your sighted helper how to appropriately read an error message to you when you have control and have generated the error on your own. So if it happens in the future, you'll know you'll get a complete description of what's actually on screen. The other thing your sighted friend can do is you can deliberately create boot errors. And here's how you do it. Work on something that isn't very important. Have a lot of windows open and then just turn off your computer. Clunk. What's going to happen when your computer boots is it's going to do a system repair. Now remember, we didn't have any important files open. We just had a lot of windows open and we were goofing around. So even if you lose something, it's not going to really matter, right? So your computer's going to do the system repair and it's going to take forever to boot. While that's happening, your sighted person can describe to you what's going on. Usually it says it's repairing files and just leave it alone. Please wait. It's a good idea to know what it said. It's also a good idea to have a general idea that you don't have to do the Mississippi thing. A general idea of how long this booting process is going to take. Well, that covers everything you do with a sighted person around. Now we're going to move on into the dozen practice steps you're going to do while your computer is talking so you know exactly what to do when it's not. All right, let's talk about the things you can do to practice. Uh, step one is you need to get familiar with your startup routine, which you're kind of already doing if you've had sighted help. But if you don't have sighted help, you might think about using Ira or Be My Eyes just so that you know what happens when your computer starts at what it displays on screen before you actually have a problem. My second step is a little unorthodox. You can use a stethoscope to listen to your computer when it starts out. And I actually got this tip from a friend of mine who was a technician at Hewlett Packard who was blind and hard of hearing. And he used to diagnose computer problems with a stethoscope. And stethoscopes are actually pretty cheap. Our college bookstore sells them for 10 bucks for nursing students. So if you look around, especially at um, educational institutions that serve medical professionals in training, you can find an inexpensive stethoscope. This is especially useful if you have an SSD rather than a hard drive because it's much quieter when it starts up. Just put the hard part of your stethoscope next to different parts of your computer and listen to it when it's booting. It gives you a new insight into what your computer sounds like. If it sounds different, you'll know it's stuck in an endless loop or something strange is going on. My third tip is to know how to use Zoom screen share with a sighted person. Um, if you've used Zoom before, you might want to zoom in with someone you know who is remote and who has some vision and do a screen share and do various things on your computer and have them watch you and understand how that works. Now, if your computer's not talking, you may not be able to get Zoom going and do a screen share, but many times you'll have a problem on your computer before the speech actually stops. And in that case, uh, you will be able to use screen share because your screen reader will be working it just won't be working right. Right. Okay, step number four in our practice session would be to try playing your song when you are on the desktop. So go to your desktop, find your song, play it. Then try playing your song as if your speech wasn't working or if it's just a sound you put on your desktop. Turn your volume up and down while the sound is playing if you have a hardware volume button. Get very familiar with the process of testing whether your sound card is working even if your speech is not. 
Step five is practice exiting your programs while you have speech, but thinking about the keystrokes you use. So let's see, I have a bunch of stuff running now. Let's read the title bar. C colon backslash users backslash Armstrong backslash documents. That's my documents folder. I'm going to do Alt F4 to make it go away. Alt F4, refresh button. Okay, and now what is this task? Zoom. This is Zoom. Upcoming meetings tab checked select. Okay, I can make Zoom go away. Alt F4, the power of Braille with NVDA dot docs dash. Okay, what's this? This looks like a Word document. The power of Braille with NVDA dot docs dash word print. Okay, so let's exit that. But here we have a space problem. Alt F4, Microsoft Word, save button, Alt plus S. We did Alt F4, but it didn't go away. Instead, we got a save button. Don't save button. Alt plus N. Cancel button. A cancel button, which takes us back to our document. Learn more link. Save button. Alt plus S. Don't save button. Alt plus N. So we need to be able to go to don't save button, which is N. N. Folder view list view. Till be chat. 22 of 20. Okay, now we're back at my desktop, but we still have other tasks running. I'm going to alt tab. Inbox dash armstrong debra. Okay, here is Outlook. So I need to make that go away. Alt F4. Alt F4. Desktop. Full. Okay, now we're at my desktop. Bookshare vertical bar. And oh gosh, I have the Bookshare site open in Internet Explorer. I need to make that go away. Let's do Alt F4. Alt F4. Desktop. Gosh, I Folder. have stuff running. Meeting controls. Me- okay, and here is our zoom meeting which i'm using to record so i'm not actually going to make that go away but now let's figure out how we shut down there are lots of different ways to shut down you can go to your desktop remember i'm practicing this with speech you want to practice it with speech before you're stuck doing it without speech so let's go to my desktop windows m and try to shut down alt f4 what do you want the computer to do combo box shut down five of six alt plus w now okay. it is defaulted to shut down but depending on what you did last time it may not default to shut down so let's try the s hotkey s switch user one s sign out s sleep s shut down five of six so you can't depend on doing alt f or s to shut down because you may just put your computer Escape. to sleep let's try Windows X, which is another way to shut down. Windows X, context menu, apps and features, F. And there's a long list here, but I'm going to do an up arrow. Desktop, D, shut down or sign out submenu, U. And that is U, so I could do Windows X, U. I could press enter. Enter, sign out. And again, we have a bunch of things that begin with S. S. Sleep, S. Hibernate, shut down, U. Restart, sign out. I. In this list, they are always in the same order. Sign out. Sleep. Sleep. S- hibernate. Hibernate. A- shut down. U. Shut down. Restart. Restart. R- and what's really nice is shutdown begins with U and not with S. So you can do Windows X, U, U, and you can shut down even if you don't have speech. Now, this may be different on your computer because there are different versions of Windows 10, Windows 7, Windows 8. So you need to try this on your computer. But for me, it's Windows X, U, U, which, of course, I won't do now because I don't want to mess up my recording. Step six is to set your power button on your PC so that it automatically will shut you down. You'll still have to go through the menu, but at least even if your computer fails to respond to the keyboard, you have a button that will trigger shutdown. Okay, to do this, I'm going to pull up my search box. Leaving menus, search box edit. I'm going to type in power. P-O-W-E-R, PowerPoint 2016. I don't press find results in apps. Windows PowerShell, Windows PowerShell, Windows 
Windows PowerShell x86. Windows PowerShell lies x86. Find results in settings. Power sleep settings. Edit power plan. PowerShell developer settings. Edit power sleep settings. And it is actually power sleep settings. I just wanted to show you how much stuff was there under power. You've got to get the right Enter. thing. Enter. Settings. Settings. Power sleep. Screen. On battery power. Turn off after combo box. 30 minutes. And this is supposed to help save your battery. Again, I'm going to tap through these choices till I get to the one I want. When plugged in, turn off after a combo box. One hour. Sleep. On battery power, PC goes to sleep after a combo box. Never. When plugged in, PC goes to sleep after a combo box. Never. Related settings. Additional power settings link. And additional power settings is actually what we want. So we're going to press enter here. Enter. Additional power settings link. Control panel all control panel items power options. Choose what the power buttons do link. That's what we want. Choose what the power buttons do. Let me explain a little bit here. Uh, what's happening is all the settings were originally in control panel and Microsoft is gradually moving them over to settings, but some of them aren't in settings. So what happens is they have links to control panel so you can go there to find the rest of the settings. So you actually want choose what the power buttons do in control panel. I took you the long way around so it would be easy for you to find it by exploring. Enter. Change settings that are currently unavailable link. When I press the power button on battery combo box, shut down four of five. And here it is. When I press the power button on battery, my choices are sleep, do nothing, one of five, do nothing, sleep, two of five, sleep, hibernate, three hibernate. of five, shut down, shut four down. of five, turn off the display, turn five off of five. the display. And I have it set to shut, shut down. down four of five. But if you have a laptop that you carry around, you might want it to set to sleep. When I press the power button on battery, when I press the power button, plugged in combo box, shut down, four of five. The same five choices are here. When I press the sleep button on battery combo box, hibernate, three of four. Some laptops have a special sleep button. Often it's a function key and the FN key. When I press the sleep button, plugged in combo box, hibernate, three of four. When I close the lid on battery combo box, do nothing, one of Four. Now, I close my lid all the time, so I have it set to do nothing, but you might choose that as shut down too. When I close the lid, plugged in combo box, do nothing, one of four, learn more link. Show in power menu. Show in power menu. Show in learn more. When I close the lid, plugged in combo box, do nothing, one of four, save changes. Now, mostly in settings, you just exit settings and you don't have to do anything, but here you actually have to save changes. Do nothing, one of four. Learn more. Show in power. Show in show in account. Save changes button. So you do have to tab over to save changes and press space on. Space. Control panel. All control panel items. Power options. Control panel home link. And there you go. So remember, it's power options and control panel. And if you forget where it is, you can search for it. You'll be taken to settings, but you'll eventually be able to get there. Step seven in our practice is to switch between different screen readers. So we're going to go over to our desktop. Windows. M. Leaving menus. Desktop. Folder view. List view. De Anza library ebook collection checked. 21 of 28. And we still have a messy desktop because I might be doing this demonstration again. Uh, but we have made sure that JAWS is only J. J. JAWS 2021. N is NVDA. N. NVDA checked. So 8 of 28. let's go and call up NVDA. Now, if you don't exit JAWS, you're going to have chaos. Shall we listen to the chaos? Enter. Desktop list. NVDA checkbox checked. Windows M. 
VMware workstation did things like Baby Cat Box Cat, Zoom Cat Box Cat, Baby Cat Box, VMware workstation, NVDA, Old Doll Cat Box Cat, Win FCD Cat Box Cat, Old Doll Cat Box Cat, Location, DFWC, Rope Open Bow 910 Cat Box Cat, Lebrain M3U Cat Box Cat. So you may not want that kind of chaos. You might want to get rid of one screen reader before you call up another one. I'm going to try to exit JAWS now. Let's see if that works. Speak command keys on. NVDA 4, speak command keys off. Guess what? NVDA has taken over that key. I won't be able to exit JAWS that way. But I have a secret trick up my sleeve. I'm going to find JAWS here on my desktop. J. Sometimes too much speech can be too much of a good thing. I'm going to press enter here. Enter. JAWS context menu. Options menu. O. And I'm going to up arrow to exit. Exit. X. Enter. Leading all right, now JAWS is gone, and we are only running NVDA. Keep us to get box checked. Double recorder get box. Just checking on my desktop, my messy Keep desktop. Keep us to get. Oh my goodness! All right, let's run Narrator. Now you can always run Narrator with Control Windows Enter. If you have an old version of Windows 10, it's just Windows Enter. And if you have Windows 7, you have to do Windows U, and that will call up the accessibility menu, and you can tab through Narrator. We'll be talking and you can exit everything else. Okay, so let's do narrator. Desktop list, key pass to, selected, on. Total recorder, location, total recorder, program file, canvas, 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 I actually did that deliberately. So now I'm going to do insert Q. Not a narrator command. Whoops. Now, narrator has made it impossible for us to exit NVDA. Not a narrator command. That's okay. We'll do control windows, enter. Exiting narrator. Narrator will go away. Personal database get box. We still have um, NVDA. We're going to do insert Q to make it go away. All right, it's gone. Now we have no speech at all, but we're going to do control windows enter. Desktop list. And we're back with Narrator. Narrator now is our only program running. And if we want to get back to JAWS, we can find it on our desktop. JAWS 2021. We can run JAWS. Meet you. Meeting controls, meeting controls. And we have both narrator and JAWS running. Windows M. Desktop list. Folder view list. JAWS 2021.2102.34. Checked. 6 of 28. Control shift enter. Exiting narrator. And narrator's gone. Rainbow one installer checked. And now we're back to where we were with just JAWS running. So that concludes step seven. You want to experiment with seeing that all those screen readers can run correctly on your system, that you can get in and out of them, and that they don't conflict with each other. We've reached step eight, which is that we are going to generate and practice reading an error message. You may think this is kind of silly, but a lot of times it isn't that your speech has gone away, but you've got some weird error. And you notice that when you get to that error, your speech doesn't work in certain programs, but it works in others. So if you have an error and you know how to read it, it can help you get better tech support. So my favorite way to do that is to access a non-existent drive letter. Windows R, leaving menus, run dialog, type the name of a program, folder, document or internet resource and windows will open it for you open colon edit combo www.bookshare.org one of 26 and l I'm plus o okay l colon which is a drive that doesn't exist l colon enter location is not available 
dialog. L colon backslash is unavailable. If the location is on the PC, make sure the device or drive is connected or the disk is inserted, and then try again. If the location is on a network, make sure you're connected to the network or internet, and then try again. If the location still can't be found, it might have been moved or deleted. OK button. Now notice when you try to read the current line. OK button. All you hear is the OK button. So you've got to activate the scan cursor with JAWS. JAWS to PC. Might have been moved, connected to the and network or internet. The disk is inserted. L colon backslash is location is not of location is not available dialog. I can read it by character. Blank, 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 blank. L colon backslash space I S space U N A V A I. I can read it by word. Period. If the location is on this. I can read it by line. The disk is inserted. Connected to the net. So I'm just using the normal JAWS. It's called the scan cursor. Might now, have been moved to read. But if I need to read this error message with NVDA, I might have a different problem. Like let's suppose JAWS is not working, but NVDA is. So PC. Let's call up NVDA. I'm going to make JAWS go away. I'm Loading jaws. I'm going to go to my desktop. I'm going to call up NVDA with N. We're going to be stuck with desktop list NVDA checkbox checked. This is deliberate. Sometimes you're stuck with ESP if you haven't set up another voice. Right. Location is not available. Dialogue L is unavailable. If the location is on this PC, make sure the device or drive is connected or the disk is inserted and then try again. It now, many people find eSpeak hard to understand. What I would do with eSpeak is just have it play something you're familiar with once in a while, like read a text file that you know what it says and get a little bit used to eSpeak. Okay, now again, NVDA is only showing you okay. the OK button. So you're going to have to find a way to read the error message. Now what I do, and you can look up the laptop keystrokes for this, but I tend to just hook up a numeric keypad to my laptop because I find the laptop keystrokes very confusing. So I'm going to do numeric 7, which the shift key to go to the top of this dialog box. L is unavailable. If the location is on this PC, make sure the device or drive is connected or... And then I'm going to do the numeric 9 by itself to read down. The disk is inserted and then try again. If the location is connected to the network or internet and then try again, might have been moved or deleted. Okay. So the secret to read an error message in NVDA that your focus cannot obtain is to first do the insert with the numeric 7 to switch to the correct review mode. You don't want object review, you want screen review. Then to do the shift with the numeric 7 to go to the very top of the screen, the numeric keypad 8 reads the current line, and the numeric keypad 9 continues down reading the next line and the previous line. And of course the 7 reads the, the numeric 9 keeps reading down the next line and the next line, and the 7 continues to read up the previous line, the previous line, the 8 reads the current line. But you first need either to use shift 7 to go to the top of the error message. L is unavailable. If the location is or you can use shift numeric 9 to go to the bottom of the error message, okay. which of course is the OK button. So that's the trick with NVDA. Now let's make NVDA go away. And let's run narrator and read this error message. Location is not available dialog. OK button. Main instruction icon. Image. L colon backslash is unavailable. If the location is on the and we'll let it just be quiet but like if you need to review it because it's long and detailed remember this might be a very unfamiliar message and it's going to go by pretty fast with speech you want to switch over to the scan cursor which is your insert space or your caps lock space scan and then you want to scan L colon make no no previous item there you know you're at the top L colon backslash is unavailable and now you can down if the arrow, location is on the okay button and as you down arrow it reads everything to you so again to read in narrator you turn on the scan cursor with the insert or caps lock and space and then you can move up and down 
with your arrow keys and read your message. Steps 9 and 10 are kind of related. What we want to do here is test all the stuff we set up to make sure that our sound card is working even if our speech is not. And believe me, I've updated Windows and it messed up my sound drivers and then I had no sound. So yes, we're testing our system sounds. I've turned up the volume on them now. I had them turned down for most of the recording. So what happens? Windows M. Leaving menus. Desktop. Folder view list view. To be checked. 22 of 28. Every time I run a program, I'm going to hear some sounds here. So let's run Chrome. Search box S-C-H-R-O-F. Enter. Google Chrome. App. Press right to switch preview. Blank. Google advanced search. Edit. So some of those sounds are when a task is starting and some of those are when a task is stopping. Now let's run Notepad. Windows R. Run .ntepad. Enter. Notepad. Untitled dash Notepad. Edit. I'm going to type test. T-E-A-T. Enter. And now I'm going to maximize the window by doing Windows up arrow. Windows up arrow. Now, I have that really obnoxious sound so that I can tell when I've maximized a window in case my speech is not working. You want to maximize your window if your sighted help is reading your screen to you. You also want to maximize your window if your screen reader is having trouble reading something. That makes the window as big as possible. Windows down arrow. All right, let's close Notepad. Alt F4, Notepad dialog. Do you want to save changes to no. desktop? folder view and that's my task closing sound all right now let's try one last thing which is test out our song and let's make jaws go away just so we're doing it without any speech unloading jaws okay we still have our sounds but we don't have any speech so i'm going to do windows m to go to the desktop i'm going to do a for abracadabra and i'm going to press enter All right, I just love that song. But anyway, so I had no speech and I was able to run my song and I'm able to hear my wonderful sound effects. I'm able to know that my sound card is working. Step 10 is to do some exploring and figure out how to adjust the volume on your computer. You may have a hardware volume button. It may be something like pressing one of those touch strips. It may be holding down an FN key while you hit one of your F keys. For example, I have a computer where if I hold down the FN key, which is to the left of my control key, and I press function key 5, it turns the volume down, and I hold down FN and press function key 6, it turns the volume up. So investigate that. I can't demonstrate that because that's individual to your computer. Step 11 is do the same thing with your mute button. Be sure you know how to mute and unmute your computer. And the last practice step I want you to do is make sure you have a good pair of headphones or a good pair of speakers and you can plug them into your speaker jack on your computer. You know, I had a Mac at work that stopped talking and we were trying everything in the world and it turned out that the speaker out just didn't work anymore. It worked fine through headphones, worked fine with external speakers, but it just, its speaker just died. So that concludes our 12 practice. And thank you very much, Debbie. That was excellent. Okay, Bobby. Debbie, um, one thing that wasn't discussed, of course, you have discussed the sound card, but what can you do if you think the sound card died? Not, not Not the speaker, not the computer, but the main sound card in the motherboard. 
Uh, you're going to have to get your computer fixed because just as like if a sighted person, their video dies and we've had this happen and the only people that can use the computer are blind people, uh, which is pretty funny, by the way. Uh, <laughs> if, if your motherboard has a problem, you just need to get it repaired. There's nothing else you can do. Okay, and another question. The shutdown sound, ever since I put Windows, going back to the Windows 8 days, back in 7, we used to have a shutdown sound. And I can no longer, no matter what I do, if you have a tech tip for me, how to get the shutdown sound to work. The only thing I could do is get the startup sound going. You know, I don't have a shutdown sound either. It disappeared on me as well. That's why I didn't talk about it. So it is a mystery. Um, You might want to talk to Microsoft about it. I I think that's a good idea for me, too. I'm going to talk to the Enterprise Disability Desk about it. You could always introduce another sound and make it your shutdown sound, but there is no specific sound for shutdown. Oh, I didn't know I I could do that. I mean, I could try it, but I don't know if it would work. No, it would work. I think it's there in those events. Just uh-huh. go through those events. And we do have another hand. Go ahead, Travis. My question may be beyond what we're talking about, but I'm hoping somebody can help me. With JAWS, where it stutters, or I see it hiccups, it'll stop for a couple seconds and start again. And you know, I've done a JAWS repair, and then I'm just wondering, does that have anything to do with Do you know if other screen readers are stuttering as well, or is it just JAWS? Um, It's uh, the only other screen reader I have is Narrator, and Narrator does not stutter. Okay, so we're pretty sure JAWS is stuttering, but not Narrator. Right. And you have only one sound card, correct? So you can't use another sound card. That is correct, yes. Does it stutter through headphones? I don't have headphones, but... uh... Get some cheap earbuds and find out because you might have just a flaky speaker in your computer. I can probably check that later. The other thing is you can turn off the silence player, the new setting in JAWS that uh, keeps uh, Bluetooth from cutting out. Call JAWS tech support and ask them how to do that. Actually, I think I've got, I think I know how to do it, but I'll check, but I'll call. And make sure that it's not stuttering. If it's stuttering through headphones, it's a JAWS problem. But if it's not stuttering through headphones, you have like a bad speaker. Okay, uh, Carla at this point. Yes, I have two questions. And by the way, this is excellent. And I heard your first one and I'm sort of adding to those notes. Um, But two things. First of all, um, JAWS for me is supposed to start with Control-Alt-J and it won't. And secondly, could you review the um, steps for reviewing your error messages with Narrator? I got lost in taking notes on that. Okay, let's see. Well, let me talk about the narrator first. So with narrator, you know you turn it on with control, windows, enter. And at one point I said control, shift, enter, but I was just wrong. So it's control, windows, enter. And as far as um, uh, reviewing anything on your screen that your cursor cannot go to, you hold down the caps lock or the insert and hit your space bar and you're in something called scan mode, which works a lot like a touch cursor. And it lets you move all over the screen with your up and down arrow to read everything, at least everything narrator can see. As far as the shortcut goes, 
when you want to add a shortcut to something, and I actually originally had this in my recording, but my recording was too long, so I had to delete it. You hold down your, you find the thing that you want to uh, attach a shortcut hotkey to, like JAWS. You hold down Alt and hit Enter, and you're in the shortcut properties. Uh, you tab over to where it says hotkey, and you type in a single letter. It only lets you type in a single letter, and then you tab over to OK. So if I typed J there, Alt-Control-J would become my hotkey. If I typed O, Alt-Control-O would become my hotkey. Uh, I also would like to add that, um, you know, for people taking notes, I've always wanted to write this up as an article, but I don't know where to publish it. So if anybody wants, like, an article on this and knows who who would, like, publish it, I'd be happy to write it. Well, Debbie, before we wrap up, let's give your contact information one more time. Yeah, and my contact information is also there on the um Accessible World site. This is a public email address. It's okay to share because I work with the public, so it's on a public website. And I'm going to say it very slowly. First, I'll say the whole email address and then spell it. It's armstrongdebra at deanza.edu. And that is A-R-M-S-T-R-O-N-G, Armstrong, like Neil, the guy who landed on the moon. Debra, D-E-B-O-R-A-H, no caps, no spaces, at the at side, of course. And then that's the college where I work, deanza.edu. That's D-E-A-N-Z-A dot E-D-U. Well, thank you, Debbie. You are terrific. And this was excellent. And a lot of people really like this. All right. Well, hope to come again sometime. Have a wonderful night. Thank you, Debbie. And Myrna, if you can unmute, maybe you can tell us who will be visiting us next week. So next week, we are going from the land of screen eaters that talk and don't talk to something that actually doesn't talk. And they're Braille displays. Well, most of them don't talk. Um, And so we're having Peter Tusick from Humanware. Peter is the brand ambassador for blindness products. And Peter is going to come and he's going to talk all about all the new Braille displays that Humanware is doing right now. And by the way, Peter can talk. He's (laughs) really, really good at that. (laughs) So thanks for being with us and join us again next week on Tech Talk.